Amen. Magnificent. Well, the title of this morning's message is called uh, My Compass. My Compass. The humble compass has been used for thousands of years on earth, a device that points us to magnetic north. I've had a compass in my possession for many years. It's a bit of a a thing that's been handed down from generation to generation. It's like really old. I think it could be, you know, 80, 90, 100 years. Like it's a really old, old compass that um, I've been blessed to have uh, handed down to me. Um, I can't remember actually properly using it that often in my life. (laughs) However, if I was wandering around in the wilderness, it would be such an important instrument for me to have an instrument to help me to stay orientated, to make sure that I don't get lost, that I don't waste time and energy going in the wrong direction, to guide and lead me to my destination. At any point, whether I was on a mountaintop or in the deepest of valleys, it's amazing that this device would consistently have the ability to show me where true north is a really good device to possibly have out there in the natural. But from a spiritual perspective, our soul's spiritual compass has been set in our makeup and it's set towards the true north of life and his name is Christ. It won't point us anywhere else but squarely on the one who matters most. Ever since the Bible has been printed, it has guided its readers to the true north in life. And if we were to be asked today, where is our spiritual compass set? What would your honest answer be? What would your honest answer be? Because I think from time to time in life, it's good to take a moment to maybe ask ourselves some of the questions that really matter, and this does really matter. It is of the utmost importance. And I think it's good sometimes to be completely honest with ourselves. How are we tracking in our spiritual life? Are we moving forward? Are we going in the right direction? Or are we heading off on a pathway that's not a good one? It's of the highest value that we take the seriousness of our relationship with God and walk the life that he'd want us to walk, the spiritual life he would want us to walk. And one thing I've learnt, or a number of things I've learnt in life is, it's so up to me. My spiritual life, the ball is in my court for this. I'm also really aware from walking with the Lord for many, many decades now that it requires ongoing attention and also determination. And I'm also very aware that God has such a deep desire for me to be moving forward in this part of my life. As the years roll on and I tick on another year of my life in a couple of days, I've discovered something that in terms of my physical strength and my fitness, I, I think I'm generally kind of... I think I've hit the peak and I think I'm coming down the other side. Now, hopefully I come down the other side really, really, really slowly. But I've just noticed of late as one of the things that I've done quite frequently in recent years has been I, uh, 
I find myself doing a fair few kind of push-ups. So one of the reasons I do that is I love to go for an ocean swim, and when it's cold, I like to get my body kind of heated up before I dive in. So if you're ever driving past one of our beautiful beaches and you see some random dude right on the water's edge doing really lame push-ups, really fast, not very deep, it could very well be me. But I often do that just to get the blood pumping before I get in the cold water. But I've realised of late, I seem to be doing way less than I used to be just a number of years ago. I used to actually keep a tally in my phone. I'd have like weekly targets of how many push-ups and dips and all these little kind of exercises I could do around the, the oceans uh, to try and give, you know, give me something to aim for. But I've just kind of noticed that I feel like a, it's moving in the wrong direction a little bit for me. But I think things are about to change because my uh, 13-year-old bought a bench press this week and a whole lot of weights to it. So I'm actually really sore this week because I actually started pumping iron with him uh, to show him how strong Dad is. And uh, and I'm still stronger than him in this uh, moment because he's fast catching me. But one thing I know that that might be how we go in areas of our physical life, but I love that it's not the direction that we go in our spiritual life. That this is where God wants to take us. This is where we can go and it's an up and up and upwards journey. And I know that I know that that is the way that God would want us to be for absolutely all of us. But we need to focus on that and work on that and be really open uh, to how we can go after these things with God. Philippians 3 and verse 12 to 14, Paul says this, Not that I've already obtained this or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Here we have Paul making it clear. It's the one thing that he wants to do, pushing some other things off to the side. He's pressing on. His eyes are fixed on Jesus. The message version said, I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onwards to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. What are we focusing on? It's so important. It's so important. What are we focusing on? Where's that compass and are we chasing it? Are we going through or are we a little bit off? In 2004, in the Athens Olympic Games, there was an American rifle shooter. His name was Matt Emmons. And he's in one of the categories that he was on. He had won one gold medal. He's in another category and he's up to his very final shot. He's way ahead in this discipline. He is on his way to the gold medal. His last shot doesn't need to be an incredible shot, just a reasonably good shot, and he has the gold in the bag. Matt Emmons pulls up his rifle. He looks through his scope. A good rifle, I've read, will actually pull the trigger in between um, when they take breaths. Like, this is it's technical. And as he draws that thing and he chooses the right spot, he pulls the trigger. Dead centre. And with that shot, Matt Emmons went from first place to eighth because he shot the wrong target. 
He shot the wrong target. He would have thought as he was looking at it, here we go, gold medal. I've got it on the right target, but it was off. And I just want to make sure in life, we just make sure we're continually getting that compass out and like, okay, Lord, how am I tracking? How am I doing? Am I going in the right way? I want to congratulate you here because just being in church, I tell you what, that's a big step to being on the right direction and the right pathway in your spiritual walk. But we've got to keep making sure we focus it on the right thing. It's a sad story, hey. The good part of the story is later on that afternoon, they say that he handled the disappointment so well, he actually met his wife later on that evening, who was so impressed with how he handled such a shocking situation that he, she wanted to get to know him a bit better, they ended up getting married. So there's the good side of the story. But here we are. We've just got to make sure we're focusing on the right things. I was in Connect Group yesterday morning and one of the men said, you know, at the end of life, two things matter. Our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. I was like, yeah, it's a great reminder you know, and always we've just got to be making sure we're focusing and we're pressing on, like Paul says, pressing on in the right direction. Because all of us here today, we're in one of three situations in our spiritual life. We're slipping back, we're holding ground, or we're moving forward. We're all in one of those three categories. And if you were to say, well, Hartley, which one am I? I don't know where we're all at, <laughs> but we know ourselves, I think, particularly if we get honest. We'll know how we're tracking. We'll know how we've been in recent months and recent weeks and recent day in terms of where our spiritual life is going. And my prayer today is that we are moving forward. In Peter's second letter, he concludes with this in 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Let's grow Let's move forward. The psalmist in Psalms 42 says, As a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, for the living God. I say, when will I be able to go and appear in God's presence? You can just hear it oozing out in this psalm of this deep desire. This is what he longs for. This is what he thirsts for. This is what he wants to be in this place. He wants to be around God's presence. This deep desire, this wanting to be close to the great I am. I don't know, last time you were like really, really, really thirsty. Kind of half thirsty right now. But how good is it when you get a drink, a cold drink, you start gulping that in that moment. How refreshing. How good is it? Should be what it's like as we want to pursue God. We're humans. We quite easily fall into habits. And I just want to make sure that I don't fall into some half-baked spiritual life, just going through some rhythms that aren't actually taking me deeper in God. And it can happen. Like I'm quite good at repetitive kind of things because I'm wired that way and I like to be consistent in a lot of things but I've got to make sure that I'm just not doing it to tick a box and just do it because oh, I'm the pastor I should pray and oh, I should be ready no this is this is for me too here this morning to make sure that my spiritual compass is directed in the right way and I'm pursuing it and I'm going after it and I'm going deeper in the things of God but it's up to me is your appetite for the things of this world or is your appetite for Jesus? Early on in the Gospels, we see that Jesus rocked up to a, 
handful of men and just said some really important words. It's like, follow me. Follow me. Now, the scriptures don't tell us that they said, oh, hold on. Like, where are we going? Like, how long? Um, can we see an itinerary? Are we talking three-star, four-star, five-star? Is there any Michelin restaurants involved in this journey? Like, it was just follow me. Come and follow me. And I just think those same words that they heard in their ears there, they're kind of words for us here today. Just go follow him. Follow him. It's the way we can do it. And I just think it is so beautiful that us as humans can have a relationship with the one true incredible God. I love that, that the creator of the heavens and the earth is in to having a relationship with me and is into having a relationship with you and an intimate one and not a one-way one where you know all about them and they know nothing about you because that ain't the case. It's this two-way and it is absolutely beautiful and we should never take it for granted. This holy, mighty and just God wants to be in relationship, personal, intimate one with us. Let's have a deep hunger to go after it. And it's possible. It's not always easy, but it's, a po- it's possible to attain this for those that pursue, those that make the sacrifice, those that keep their spiritual compass of their life on track. American author Henry Blackaby, who's written the all-time favourite personal leadership book for me in another one of his texts, says, Jesus taught that your highest priority must be your relationship with him. If anything else detracts from that relationship, that activity is not from God. God will not ask you to do something that hinders your relationship with Christ. So much can shout so loud for our attention, our energy, our time, our finances. But who gets the best of us? I know who deserves the best from us. St. Augustine says, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance, to seek him the greatest adventure, to find him the greatest human achievement. I uh, love that as a church we've been running soul care on a Tuesday night. We, the women did it last term on a Thursday morning. It's opened up for uh, men and women on a Tuesday night after the altar. And as I've been listening to this incredibly wonderful, deep teaching from the gentleman that presents this. One of the things that just keeps standing out is how often at the end of the teaching he'll say, look, now's your time to go and sit with God. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you, reveal to you, help you on this journey. And they, they hit some pretty, you know, some really good things that we've got to maybe unpackage in our life to get ready for the future God has for us. But I just love that it's this ongoing, okay, we've got to go to God. What do I have to change? What do you want to reveal to me? What do I need to get right? What do I need to change? There's these things that we've got to continually do so that we can go in the direction that he needs for us. Go after him, pursue him. In Exodus 33, we read about Moses, how uh, they would pitch this tent of meeting or the tabernacle outside of where the Israelites would camp. We read in Exodus 33 that Moses goes up to this, up to this tent and he takes Joshua with him. And it says in the text that as they go up, the people kind of stand up and they, they, they look out from their tents and they see him go up. 
And as he goes up, we know this pillar of cloud comes down. This presence of God comes down. We read that the people started to worship God in that moment. We read in verse 11 of 33 that the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. I love some of the elements of this story, this closeness that Moses had as he got in the presence of God. As we get into his presence, we can, we, we can know that he's going to speak to us. He's going to be there. He's going to lead us. I love that. I love that Joshua had such a longing that he would remain. He obviously loved the presence of God, this young man, and he would linger and he would remain for that. I love that. I love that the people would worship when they knew that Moses was having this encounter. And I'm reminded how much the people that God has placed around my life help me on my spiritual walk. That's why church is so good for us, because we get around each other. That's why getting, you know, when I'm in a, you know, a group of other men, you know, having coffee down at a cafe on a Saturday morning, it's so good for me because I'm hearing their stories, I'm hearing what's going on in their life, and I'm inspired by it. It is so good for us to get around others. It'll help us to lead us forward. We will be inspired. This week on Wednesday night, Natalie and I were down at Taree. We, uh, we hold the altar every Tuesday here at Port Macquarie, but our Foster Tongue Curry location, we do a uh, one fortnight, we do it in Foster Tongue Curry, and the other fortnight we go into Taree to a home there, and we, we get together and we pray. And there was one of the women there who had been at the gathering um, the weekend before that Pastor Nat and Florence had, uh, had put on down at Heather Bray. And she started to, to, to tell us, this group, uh, what God had done for her. I had never in my entire life ever heard someone ever so impacted from a conference. People, you know, conferences can be beautiful things. And I hear, I've heard for years people say, yeah, God spoke to me. And for like, it felt like 20 minutes, this beautiful lady who's normally quite quiet and reserved with this boldness just started declaring all the things that God had done to her in these few days. Like in 48 hours, she just poured out this, the revelation and the, the healing and this and God done this and this boldness. And she just went on and on. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, I am being so encouraged right now as this young lady was just pouring out what God had done in her life. And it was just like, it was deep. And I could tell she had it almost was like she'd had a Moses experience face to face. I don't know, but God had touched her in the most significant and mind-boggling way. She was saying it's almost like everything else has just faded away and I've just got eyes for my Lord. I saw in a, uh, in a WhatsApp group a few days later, she said, I'm still drenched in his presence and witnessing miracle after miracle, she wrote later this week. It was happening for her. It was unbelievable. She shared one of the stories that had happened in her workplace as she, she cares for uh, young kids that have gone through terrible, traumatic experiences and how the Holy Spirit had clearly told her to go and do this and this and do this, say this to the parents. Like, it was incredible what God had done. And that's why we need each other. That's why we can get encouraged. Always get around good people. Get around good people that will help spur you on. And you know the ones... 
to push you forward in your spiritual life and you know the ones that want to kind of tear you away. You can preach the gospel to them, but spend a lot of time with these people. <laughs> Let them take you forward. I do it. I'm arranging a little late afternoon fish this afternoon with a friend, and he's the most beautiful man of God. I get so encouraged hanging out with him. He just loves the Lord. He loves his family. He's a beautiful man. I'm going to go and hang, and I know that not only are we going to catch some huge, massive fish in Jesus' name, we're just going to encourage each other, you know, just doing life. That's how you do life. You encourage each other. We need each other. I was hearing one of the men in Connect Group yesterday saying that he's, as you're he sharing, he's, he starts taking communion to work and he sits in his work here and he has communion with God during the week. I'm like, how good is that? But that helps me as I get around and I hear what God's doing to people. Think about what the local church has done for me. It's been a beautiful thing in my life, making a huge impact in my life for what God has done the people that he has connected me to, is beautiful. I was chatting to my friend Nick, who's here this morning. I've known him for like 35 years. He was my brother's friend. Man, he inspired me when I was a young Christian, like young, young Christian. He was like the coolest dude. I always remember he had the coolest shoes, amazing surfer, but he loved the Lord. I saw him get passionate about Christ, and I'm like, man, I want his shoes. I want to be able to surf like him. But also my relationship with Christ could be a little bit like what he's got. And that's what each other can do for us. Inspire us. Inspire us. So get the compass out today. If it's not quite settling in the right place, just pause and let it settle. And go, okay, God, it's the direction I've got to do. It's just so up to us. I've had people in my life who help me and say, oh, you know, this is a bit out heartly, but... Probably 99% of the time, it's up to me to go, yeah, that's a bit off. That's a bit in the way of my relationship with God. That's off track. I'm thinking some bad things. I'm getting caught up in that drama. No, I've just got to keep it. The focus, it's so important, but it will be so deeply fruitful, so deeply fruitful to stay on track, to keep being obedient to God, to get the things out of the way. And sometimes fear gets in the way and you've been hurt by this person, that gets in the way or you want to have everything perfect in life and that's getting in the way of hanging out with God and you've got unforgiveness, get rid of that and addictions and pride. you just got to keep working through. Never let pride get in the way. Like pride is not a good thing. That is not from the Lord. I remember when I was a young man, I went on a family camp in the Blue Mountains with my church. And I used to always think, how in the world do people get lost bushwalking? I used to have this thought. And this one afternoon, myself and a few of friends, you know, we're all like, I don't know how old we are. We're probably 12 or something like that. Well, let's go for a bushwalk. So we, uh, we leave the, the camping ground. It was kind of like a, I don't know, some, some place where we're all staying, I don't know, in cabins and so forth. And we just went for a bit of a bushwalk. And we thought it'd be cool to kind of make our own track and not follow a track, but just kind of get our ways and knock down things. And so anyway, we go down this kind of valley, we cross this little creek and we start to go up the other valley and then we're like, oh, we should probably head back right now. And we kind of went, yeah, it's a good idea. And we kind of turned around we're like, we're like, where's the right way to go back? Like we were just, do you know when it's just dense? 
all of a sudden my pride that how could anyone get, you know, lost out bushwalking, all of a sudden that just fell away. I'm like, my goodness, how easy could this be for us to not make it back? Thank goodness we had kind of left where there was a whole long string of other houses and we knew we'd gone down a valley and crossed the creek. So we thought, okay, let's be wise, let's cross the creek and then just head up. We'll get there somewhere. And we did end up way off track and we made our way back, but we got lost. Compass would have been really good in that moment, but 12-year-olds who go bushwalking in the Blue Mountains, they don't take compasses. It's just like, no, we don't need that. We're just like, we'll work it out. But we get lost sometimes. We can be in the bush sometimes. Let's get the things out of the way and let's just start focusing back on him, pressing into him. And I'm just feeling like in the body of Christ and in my life right now, it's time to really press in. And I I find in my own life right now, I'm dialing some things up in my spiritual walk. I'm dialing some things up. I feel like I'm walking around my Bible more than normal. I feel like I'm putting prayer into some areas more than normal. One area really that I'm trying to ramp up uh, that was just kind of occurred in the last maybe three weeks ago. Um, I had a, a friend of mine who we used to pastor in Sydney for 12 years, magnificent man of God. Uh, he's gone on to, he travels frequently around this nation doing healing uh, meetings. And uh, his wife contacted me, said, Hartley, uh, would you mind, uh, he's written a book. Would you mind reading it? Would love to get, you know, a paragraph from you and we can put it on the back of the book. I'm like, oh, that's a bit of a privilege. But, uh, yeah, I'll I'll read the book. So I started to read this book. I was was sent to me in an electronic version. And I just, I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think part of it was so many of the stories he was sharing. I was around and hearing them of his stories. And one of the keys, because it's all about increasing, you know, in, in our spiritual walk with the Lord. And, and one of his key stories was him getting up in the, the, the early, early hours of the morning and just spending hours in prayer. And in his book, he talks about where he would do this. And I'm like, I remember that house and that garage because I used to go down there and pray with him sometimes. And I remember that property and how you used to. And so I was kind of like, I remember that miracle and that person you prayed for. It was like, it was really cool to read the stories and have it in text. But he just simply, and it just stood out to me as he started to say how early he'd get up and pray, but he would use this beautiful gift of praying in tongues, a gift that God had given him. And he wouldn't just whisper you. Pray him out loud. That's why I think he would go down in the garage so he wouldn't wake up the household. So it really spoke to me. And he was talking in the book about the power of this beautiful gift. And I'm like, wow, I need to. I got given this gift as a teenager, but I use it. But I felt like I need to use it, use it. <laughs> and I want to get up and I want to get up earlier and I want to pray it out louder. And I've been doing that for a few weeks now. And Admittedly, I go and put a little stopwatch on. I set little goals that I go for just to get in and just so I don't throw in the towel too early. But it's just been like I just want to, I want to go on this walk and I want to go deeper. And I don't want to just be one of those that holds the line. I want to go deeper. I want to make a bigger impact for Christ. I want to walk closer. I want to hear more from Him. I want to see more people healed and more people saved and more people set free. And I want to see God achieve what He wants to achieve on this earth. And there's a little bit of that that He wants to do through me and He wants to do it through all of us. But it's up to us. How deep will we press in? How far will we go? The bore, as I said before, it's in our court. (laughs) And I want to keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. And doing what he would call us to do. Matthew 6, we get that great key. 
when Jesus asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's such a key in life and that word, seek first, not second, not when I feel like it. Oh, I'll give you Sunday mornings, but you can't have the rest of the week. No, this seek first his kingdom. In 22.37, Jesus said, You shall love the Lord, the God, with all your heart, soul, and mind. There it is. There's the key. Paul is such an inspiration through scriptures. He knew the key to life. He knew how important it was. You've got to follow the example of Christ. Paul writes, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. He writes in 1 Corinthians. So maybe now's the time. I'll get the band to come to just dial up to dial it up a bit, maybe more on the word, more in prayer. Maybe some things that you just need to deal with. You know they get in the way. You know they get in the way. And just be really honest before God. In a moment, we're going we're gonna to worship again. And I'm like, you sometimes in worship, my mind starts floating off over there. Let's just spend a moment and purely worship him and purely tell him, how grateful you are and thankful you are and tell him, you know, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross. I thank you for the promises out of the word of God that are mine. I thank you that your hand is upon my life, my great future. I thank you you're with me as I go through this situation and this challenge and this burden that I carry. I thank you, Lord, that you're healing me in the places that need healing. And he wants to just move us all forward. And I know we can go there. We can go there as we lean into Him and we press into Him. And maybe there's a step that you can just make a commitment to God. Maybe it's just like, okay, for the next week I'm going to start. Just for the next week I'm going to get up a bit early and press in a bit more. I'm going to read the Scriptures because I haven't really been reading them enough. I'm going to go and do this because I know I've got to get that relationship fixed. I know I've got to... Do this over just whatever he says. I don't know what he's going to say to you here today, but I just know if we pause before him, he'll speak and he'll lead us. And then we just play our part. He's such a good God. He's a kind God. He's a gracious God. And he wants us to be walking closely with him. So right now, why don't we just close our eyes? Let him speak. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you right now. If we pause and listen, I believe he'll speak. There'll be something I believe for all of us. He'll illuminate. Just ask him right now, what is it, Lord? What do I need to get right? To go deeper with you. What do I need to adjust? What do I need to do more of? Let him speak.
just while our heads are bowed, if we could just close our eyes just for a moment. I do just want to ask if you're here today and you don't really know this Jesus that I've been talking about this morning. You're not in relationship and you'd like to start that journey here today. It is the greatest, the greatest thing for any human soul to do. There will always be a gap in your life until you fill it with Jesus. And if you've never invited him to be Lord of your life, to come to him, ask for the forgiveness of your sins, for your life to be washed clean, today can be that day. And just in a moment, I'll give you the opportunity to do that. This is for anyone to do for the very first time. Or you might have said a prayer before, But if you were honest, you'd say, I've got so off track and I want to start afresh on the right track here this morning. If you're here today, you'd like to say a prayer to invite Jesus in for the first time or a prayer that you are coming back. Would you just boldly, as heads are bowed, eyes shut, just raise your hand. You can just put it up in the air real quick and then drop it down. Thank you, my friend. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Who else is there here this morning? Thank you, friends over there. I see those hands. It's just a sign to God say, yeah, I want to get things right here today. I want to invite Jesus into my life for the first time or I'm coming back. I've got off track. Let's give it a few more moments. There's nothing more important for a soul of a human than this right now to get your life right with God. magnificent we're just going to keep our heads bowed there's been a number of hands raised here this morning I'm going to say a prayer I'd encourage all of them and all of us that want to say it just to repeat this in this beautiful moment here today it's inviting Jesus in it's getting our life right with him it's having all the wrongs of our past been forgiven because that's why he went to the cross So let's say this prayer here across the auditorium. Dear God in heaven, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me to forgive my sins. And I'm sorry for the times I've sinned. Forgive me. Wash me clean. Make me whole. Today I decide to follow Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Magnificent. Yeah, why don't we praise the Lord. So proud of those that raised their hands. In a moment, we're going to sing and one of our team, we'll just get a Bible to you. But let's stand to our feet right now. Before we conclude the service, let's just lean in for another moment. Let's just set our eyes on Him. Let's worship Him, the King, our one true only one. If you feel like you want to come out of your seat and stand on the altar, in this moment you can. One of our team can come and stand with you. Might be something you want to really get off and declare.
to someone else to really set things up. The altar will be open. But let's press in. Let's worship. Let's get that love, that deep desire like the psalmist, that you just long for Him, you thirst for Him, you want to be in the presence of God. Let's be like Joshua that lingered.